back to the Zero Here Podcast. I am your host, Denny Duma. Tonight, uh, we don't have enough time to do any of our uh, pleasantries, Carl, so we're going to skip. But hello, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good, are you? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, our guest tonight, I am going to ask her to describe exactly what she does because I define her as the online social media marketing guru of Greater Vancouver. That's an amazing and title. So, I like it. <laughs> Thank you. Nicole Farmer, thanks so much for coming. I am super pumped about our conversation tonight and looking forward to picking your brain a little bit. Thanks. Well, why don't you start by explaining a little bit more of what you do and where you kind of started in this crazy online marketing industry? Yeah. So I didn't start um, online. I started off as a teacher. I don't know if you know that. I taught I deaf that. children for seven and a half years. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And then my husband and I moved to San Francisco to start Picketic, the startup that was just sold to Eventbrite. Cool. And okay. while we were in San Francisco, I couldn't get a job because they were going through their worst recession. So I started blogging. This was many moons ago, seven and a half years ago. Um, so I started blogging, learning about social media. The friends that were helping me along the way also just happened to work at Google and Facebook because we were in San Francisco. So that's where everybody was. Mm. And yeah, um, as I started immersing myself in the culture, I just realized that's what I wanted to do. So my education degree, my psychology degree, my master's in statistics all merged together and marketing is what I landed on. So what I focus on now, uh, we help clients in almost every vertical. We make sure that we have data. So if you come to me as you and James have, and you explain that you'd like to start marketing, we look at your past data and we take that to grow your business in the simplest form. So what we do is we take statistics analytics, we look at your demographic, who you've sold to in the past, who your potential clients are in the future, and we start testing to make sure that what you've told me and what the data says is true. And then from there, uh, we can start growing because we're making data decision marketing uh, processes, I guess. Okay. What, uh, I guess just to give a little bit more background on your business specifically, yeah. what industries do you often work with? We've worked with a lot of startups and mostly now we're working with realtors. We're in the real estate sector. Okay. I, I didn't know that. I thought we were your only realtor. Are you cheating You're, on me? <laughs> <laughs> you and James are my only realtors in Vancouver and area because I don't work with competing people. But um, we work with realtors across Canada. We're hoping to um, be working with some in the United States right away. And we also sell courses specifically for realtors online. So that's another business we have. So again, uh, back to the teaching degree, we created courses specifically for realtors who are just starting off. So if you don't have money to pay a company, a digital marketing agency, you can come online, take the courses and learn everything you need to know. Uh, it, it even helps you get started with templates, email campaigns, everything that you would think of for a realtor. Okay. What... Um... I guess when someone comes to you, what are the ultra important factors that they need to do immediately? Great question. Before we even jump into the business, we ask most people if they've completed a SWOT analysis. I assume you know what that is. <laughs> the reason that we're laughing is because we talked about this a little bit before we started recording and, uh, 
I had to have Nicole explain it to me. <laughs> Even though I definitely did learn this in marketing. It came back. 100. It came back so yeah. quickly. Um, so we made sure that people have a SWOT analysis. So we, we look at your, your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and what are your threats. We make sure that you know your positioning and your offering. If you can't tell people what you're doing and why, it's going to be really hard for them to work with you if you can't clearly explain your position. Um, and then from there, we look at kind of the basics. Do you have a website? Because that is where most people will go to find you. Do you have social media? And if not, that's where we start. What, uh, I guess you could use Jamie and I as like an example, <laughs> but I guess what are a lot of people missing from that initial idea of their business? Most people don't have a plan. Yeah. So when I sit down with people, uh, they typically haven't completed a SWOT analysis. They typically haven't taking care of some other areas, but a lot of people don't have a plan. So when I say, what are you, what is it you're trying to achieve this quarter or, you know, six months down the road, a year from now, where do you want your business to be? And a lot of people can't answer that. Or they'll come up with arbitrary numbers and they'll say (laughs) things to me such as, I want to make a million dollars by the end of the year. And then I go back and I ask them very kindly, do you know how much money you have to be pulling in every day, including holidays, Christmas, in order to hit a million dollars? It's close to $3,000 a day. Um, and then, and then we work backwards from there. And a lot of people haven't even done the math to have that conversation. Mm. Yeah. So let's say you're super organized like us and you've got this brilliantly thought out SWOT analysis, uh, online strategy. We can use real estate as a, as an example, because that is an area that you're very familiar with, but what are, I guess, what are the super important platforms to be very aware of? Well, platform is sector dependent. So if you know as a realtor or, you know, as your as yourself for the podcast, if your audience is on Facebook, then that's where you need to be. But the other piece I think people forget is that they start looking at marketing or platforms and they silo them. So they think Facebook will be their savior mm-hmm. or they'll do Facebook and then not email campaigns or they'll do email campaigns and then let other things slide and it again goes back to that plan of what is it that you're trying to achieve when are you trying to achieve that by and and then let's take a look at where your audience is so we can communicate in a two-way conversation with them i think for real estate specific instagram and facebook are by far the two biggest platforms to gain awareness for For whatever listings or your brand is there something that is being overlooked by realtors that could potentially be that number three or in that mix? I personally think right now a lot of realtors should be on LinkedIn, but not in terms of posting your houses just listed, just sold. I think you should be positioning yourself as a thought leader. Mm-hmm. So some of the companies that we've been helping, um, we've the market has changed. We all know that. Uh, So now that the market has changed, we have some of the realtors going out and taking their information offline. So they'll host um, an information session talking about the new mortgage rules, how this will affect you. Or if you're new to Canada, what are the rules for buying a house? And so now they're seen in the community as a thought leader and somebody in a position of power and trust. So even if you're not ready to purchase just yet, when you are ready to purchase a home, chances are you'll come back and work with these people because they did nothing but value, add value, add value, add to you. Do you think there, let's use that as an example. Do you think there's value in doing these offline um, seminars or whatever you want to call them 
Because I don't think if I was the consumer, yep. I would be going to anything like that. I'd be Googling what are the new mortgage laws or YouTubing videos or something like that. 100%. That's where the search starts. But then if you found that and if you found that there was an information session five minutes away from your house and you still didn't feel you had a good grasp on it, wouldn't you attend? Mm. Personally, probably not. Okay. I would probably look for a YouTube video or so that uh, what I'm getting at more is like, is the way to be this like city mayor or in your, I know Gary V always uses that, those terms, yeah. um, to be the mayor of your neighborhood or whatever. Is it to produce more content for social media, YouTube, etc., Or is it to actually be offline and present to answer questions and things like that? Or is it live videos through social media? And it's, I would say all of them. Yeah. So if you're online and they can find you and they can watch your video, great. If they can go to your blog, your podcast, listen, read, consume the information, great. And then if they can find you offline as well and they can come have a conversation with you, I think that's pretty powerful. And it might not work in all areas. So maybe mm-hmm. people in New West don't want that. So if we tested that a few times and nobody showed up, then we know that's not your audience. Interesting. I will put some more thought into that because I just automatically think, I think it's because the, this is the way that I think that yeah. no one's going to, no one's going to waste an hour and a half driving there, being there for an hour, driving home for a free coffee and to just whatever. I don't know. I, I personally find more value in messaging people on Instagram. Let's say I watched a video on something that I knew nothing about and I had a question about it. I'd email or message that person. I wouldn't want to take time. Yeah. And and, and you are a busy guy with a lot on the go. And so you probably wouldn't be the, the market audience, but I can guarantee you in other cities, other people, this is working well. Interesting. I will try it. <laughs> I will try it. Carl, write that down. We got to do a live podcast so people can be there and ask questions. We talked about that last time. Um, but see, live podcast and if people showed up, that's would kind be of the super same. Cool. It would be super cool, but it would also be a way for people to engage with you. Little do you know, I invited people to come at 630. So they were, this room is going to be full. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's steel and oak people. Do you want a beer? Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, you're getting up. We got a page of beer. I believe it. <laughs> um, there's a few things we that go through my head when I'm thinking about content, thinking about how do I add value to people that are watching on social media, etc. One of the things is like quality versus quantity. Yeah. How important is it for business people, real estate professionals, whatever it may be, to keep pumping stuff out on their social media versus like focusing on high quality content that's maybe one every three days rather than three a day well it's always quality over quantity for sure but then it goes back to your plan what is it that you're trying to accomplish why are you writing all these things if only minimal people are reading them Mm -hmm. and so if you are going to be producing content another trick that we've used even for myself and my companies we pull the audience so we'll send out an email campaign asking for what are you looking for where's information um that you don't currently have or where are the knowledge gaps that we can help Mm. uh, fill for you and then we give a poll we give uh yes no um select a few and then that's how we write our blogs what would you say 
is that a problem? Is that what some people are doing wrong? So one of the things I want to talk to you about was like, what are people currently doing wrong that is either not helping them grow or hurting their growth? Is it too much content? Uh, I I don't know that too much content is ever bad. I think it's just random acts of marketing. <laughs> I think I think one, if you're not tracking, two, if you don't have a plan, and three, if you have no process for this, I think that's going to hurt you. I feel you'll just get stuck in this loop of who the hell knows what you're doing, right? Um, if you're not tracking your blogs and you don't know how many people are reading them or what you're getting in return for them, why are you doing them? Same thing with your podcast. If you're if you're doing this and only your mom and dad are listening, great. I'm kidding, obviously. I know a lot Car- of people. Carl's mom and dad listen to. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you're you're trying to provide value for people. You're trying to educate them, and in turn, also this podcast will help your real estate business because people will know you more. You'll you'll be that brand. You'll be that name to trust. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. it's a little uh, to me. It's a little bit contradictory because oh, one, don't. we are saying. We want to be out there more. We want people to see us more so that down the road, when they think about selling or buying real estate related, they're going to, are we're going to be top of mind. But at the same time, we want to pull back a little bit and make sure that what we are actually putting out there is of high quality. We want it to be high quality. We want to be out there as much as needed, but we just don't want to have a spray and pray method. Mm. If that makes sense. It totally makes sense. Yeah. Obviously, real estate professionals are it, it. Their business is them. They are. It's not like they're selling a product. They're really selling their it's service themselves. and their personality. Yep. How much of social media should be business related versus personality related versus interests related? Is there a right breakdown? I don't think so. Yeah. I think you just have to be you. People will see through right away if you're not being authentic. Mm-hmm. And so if you're trying to be somebody you're not, people will see through that right away. But I mean, you and James do an amazing job. And it's, I Thank would say you. 50-50. 50% your personal lives, 50% business. Mix some other things in there, selling beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be surprised if one day I show up here and you and James are selling Rolexes out of your, your pockets. But um, uh, you guys do a great job of that. But when people see that, they feel connected to you mm-hmm. and they feel an emotional connection. And home buying is, for most people, emotional. And so when people can relate to you or they feel that connection with you, I think that only helps your brand. Mm-hmm. We actually had, I had a cool story a couple days ago. We uh, met with a seller and this is happening more and more often, which is really cool, yeah. which just proves the power of online presence and social media and being yourself <clears throat> is walking into a listing appointment. You're assuming people don't know who you are. You immediately go into a little bit of a sales pitch, telling them what you do, your competitive advantage, what you do marketing wise, etc. It's really cool to see that people are now more often and this happened two days ago is that people are stopping us in our sales pitch and being like you don't have to sell yourselves we know who you are we've been following you for a year yeah. since we've been thinking about selling we know it's going to be you just tell us what we need to do and how much is going to our place is worth 
But see, I feel that's because you and James have had a plan. You guys have Funky Sock Fridays. There, There is rhythm and reason for everything you and James are doing now. Mm. Um, and so when people are watching you, they know what to expect. They know when you're going to list your new homes. They know how that's going to look. They know the video. They know where the advertising is going to be. Fridays are always going to be the Funky Socks. <laughs> they know that you're going to be posting about whatever you're currently obsessing about, whether it be sports or music. James is going to be posting about his children, his beer company, building new properties so even though it might seem haphazard to some people if you watch there is actually rhythm and flow to it mm-hmm. yeah. so so you you guys are people to trust i would like to think so i think so let's say um <clears throat> people are on these platforms they have a plan great how do you what's the right way to grow organically because from someone in a business position that is wanting to grow and has grown a little bit social media wise in the last year seems like two three four times a week i'm getting messages from people saying give me a hundred bucks and i'll get you two thousand followers or i'll get you an extra hundred likes per photo and stuff like that are those people you just need to avoid yes okay oh um Growing organically online, I feel, is harder than ever because there's so much noise out there, mm-hmm. whether it be good noise or bad noise. Um, before you used to be able to put something up on Instagram, people who didn't know you would be able to follow with hashtags, you'd get likes, you'd get followers. It's not that simple now. We're really at the mercy of the beast right now. So Facebook, Instagram, we're really at their mercy, their algorithms, what they're pushing out there. And unfortunately now it is more of a pay to play. So the people that I follow, I don't even see some of their posts for a while. I don't know if you've noticed this on Mm -hmm. Instagram. It'll be a whole bunch of people I don't know. And then some of my friends, if I'm looking. Um, So I've actually pushed the buttons of see less of this, see less of this, see less of this. So I can actually start seeing the things I want to. Same on Facebook. It's very congested. So in order to grow organically, I feel that you're, you're going to have to blend that. You're going to have to blend organic with some paid. And so you have to do some paid marketing to get your face out there or your brand out there for people who haven't seen you in the past. And in terms of organic marketing, that's going to be still SEO heavy. You're going to have to do a really good job on your search engine optimization. You're going to have to be putting out a lot of content and it will be a lot slower climb. Is there ever, uh, you, well, you mentioned there is some pay to play or it is focused on pay to play. What paid options are helpful right now just in terms of social media general so obviously paying for followers is not a win well the reason that paying for followers is not a win um first and foremost it gives you the warm fuzzies and everybody loves feeling good and those vanity metrics are great (laughs) but if you come to me then so let's say we don't know each other you go buy yourself five thousand followers and you buy all this information i come in to take apart your data to find out what's worked in the past and now that's really messy for me right so i don't know who your followers are what they're doing what the actual age demographic is because i can't remove those people that you've bought or those people that are now in that mix of information right so i don't really understand how those businesses programs whatever they use work but if somebody's asking me to give them a hundred dollars for a thousand followers how are they gaining those followers for me um, 
So the last time I looked, this um, what they do is they'll just push accounts to you. So all of a sudden, your account will just if you if you buy a thousand followers, all of a sudden it will just be everybody following your account. But if you click on those people, they're not real people. They're either shell accounts, empty accounts, or abandoned accounts. So they're not really going to do anything for you either. So now you have five thousand followers, but you still only have three likes. So the people that. <laughs> the people that write these messages and say guaranteed they're going to be engaging their real people the way that we market is promoting you through influencers is that just bullshit i couldn't comment on every company yeah. but most of them that i've seen it's not true and then what has happened is you'll buy all the followers and then you have to start paying for the likes as well so then it's just a, a game of just paying for for again just those hearts those, it those is yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it is really interesting to see like people that have eight or nine or ten thousand followers and yeah. there are lots of realtors in greater vancouver and you look at their engagement on their posts and it's less than mine who has 1700 followers and i'm like well why am i getting like one percent of followers liking and they're getting 0.1 percent yeah a lot of accounts that i've looked at I don't know about the realtors that you speak of, but a lot of accounts that I've looked at in the past uh, with the 10,000 plus, they have a lot of, <laughs> I would what I would call bot um, influence because also in the past, if you had 10,000 followers plus, people would consider you to be an influencer. So then you could start getting, right. so, so a lot of people paid <laughs> to get some followers. The social media ad platform from my perspective is the most powerful available advertising platform out there right now for the least amount of money. hundred percent. What, what are the right ways to promote yourself through those? It's going to go back to having a plan. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be number one, but also having a, a consistent brand and having a consistent message. So if I see you specifically on Facebook and you have your G plus D logo, and then the next time I see you, maybe it's there, but it's orange. The, those things people pay attention to, even if it's just in the blink of an eye. So you have to be really careful about that. So be very consistent with your branding and your messaging. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, even though um, I feel social media is engaging and you can be pretty relaxed, I would still say keep it professional, especially if you're going to be focused on real estate and obtaining clients online. Mm. There has obviously it's a bit of a gray area in terms of like being yourself and showing off your personality versus keeping it somewhat professional. You don't want to turn people away, but at the same time, you want to be yourself to which I think is what works for us in bringing people in and not that I'm always very professional, (laughs) but it is what it is. And I don't really want to be the guy that is filtering photos and my reactions. If it's something that I believe in or think actually think about. So there has to, I, I don't know. I guess it's a little bit of a fine line to walk. It is. Yep. You don't want to piss someone off. Yeah, but also at the same time, we're a very, very hypersensitive culture right now. You're you're never going to do something and everybody's going to love it. There's always going to be a few naysayers. I feel that no matter what you do right now, somebody has something to say. So just be authentically you. Totally. Yeah. Um, I guess you need a specific example, but like 
real estate wise, personal versus building personal brand is really important for the business to grow. Yes. But like, what are the right ways to build personal brand? Is it through social advertising? Is it through like, these are the things I like to do on the weekend? Like, how do you separate personal brand versus like business brand? I know you're going to go back to, there needs to be a plan. <laughs> no, I wasn't even going to say that, I think. Um, let's use you and James as an example. You already do that online. It's just that blend. It's just finding that happy medium where you're not always talking about how amazing you are and how how amazing your side life is, but hmm. why you do what you do. So... I just say keep them blended, keep a hybrid. I keep a personal account and then I keep a business account. My business account has nothing to do with anything of my family. My personal account is all my five-year-old son, everything we do, but that's also hidden from the public. Mm -hmm. uh, as for realtors, you can't really do that because people will find you, people see you anyway. So just as you and James do, you show you show that you hike, you bike, you have a dog, you're in the community, uh, you're, you're donating to charities. I think that's really great for people to see. And I don't think you need to necessarily separate them unless you're doing some very questionable things then definitely keep that offline. <laughs> I feel like if you're doing questionable things, it's going to come out at some point though. I mean, There's... eventually, but for a while, I'm sure you could keep it hidden. Oh, I just feel like everything is public now. Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> You mentioned the algorithms and obviously they yeah. are changing because Facebook and Instagram want to make more money. Um, I, I don't really understand them. I've heard lots of people through podcasts, et cetera, talking about how in engagement is down, that yeah. you're not even reaching as much of your organic following as you right. used to. But like what, I guess, do you know much about what has changed and how to be productive um, I can't speak to exactly what has changed yeah. because I don't know, uh, but Google and Facebook are constantly updating their algorithms. I'll use you guys again as an example. <laughs> so we used to post videos. We used to take our YouTube videos, post them on Google. Within a week, we would get 6,000 to 7,000 views. We would have a lot of engagement. We'd have 26 to 56% engagement. And then all of a sudden the algorithm changed back in July, August, and we couldn't gather more than seven views per video so uh it, it and it also used to cost you guys a penny a click and now they want 25 cents and and so things are constantly changing and i think you're right it's it's a money-making machine but also i feel they're coming under fire a lot right these companies are under fire right now um with with selling our data to people and um using it to influence campaigns so i think they're also trying to figure out their new positioning in this it was suggested online that mark zuckerberg and facebook will be moving facebook to more of a platform where it kind of used to be so you'll just be focusing on the people you want to follow it'll be more about family and friends and less about advertising we'll see how that goes but um even though I don't know about those algorithms, if you're if you're looking for traction right now and if you're trying to sell something, another great platform to be on would be um, uh, to be on Alexa and any type of mobile device that you can speak to, right? Because now a lot of people are just voice assisting everything. So that's what we started focusing on with you guys as well. So find me a realtor in New West and then what pops up. How far away are those platforms from being like very consumer easy? 
Because I feel like a lot of people, well, most people that I know that have Alexas or Google Homes are using them to play music and turn off their TV. <laughs> that's awesome. And literally, that's it. Excellent. Um, like, Alexa, Alexa, turn the volume turn down. Turn my TV I'm too lazy to sit up. Um, <laughs> I would say they're getting there. Yeah. So the statistics online show that a lot more people have them in their homes. So our cars are voice assisted, our cell phones, um, Google Alexa. I refuse to have them in my home just because I know they're always listening, even if they're not listening, freaks me out. So I would say they're close. If not, they're on top of being consumer friendly. You mention it more as like a, as a search engine idea like Google find me the top realtor in New Esther as an example. Mm -hmm. I, I would assume there's going to be so many more other values to voice. Yeah. Like Amazon, I'm out of toothpaste. Can you order me two more? I like to order me two more toothpaste. But what, I guess what, uh, from a business standpoint would be exciting on the voice platform other than search. Well, I mean, anything, shopping, like you just said, mm -hmm. you can do shopping, ordering your groceries right from there. Um, I think voice is definitely going to be um, where people will want to be moving to mm -hmm. if they're not already in that aspect. And I think right away you'll be able to do anything. I think, think of the last five years where we've come. And so I'll use real estate again as an example, but I personally believe in five years, you'll be able to do a home search online as long as you're not emotionally attached, which I'll, I'll use me. I'm not emotionally attached when it comes to real estate, but I'll be able to search a home online, find it, apply for a loan, a mortgage online, be approved online. I'll be able to sign papers with you, go through a virtual tour and not even have to leave my couch in mm -hmm. order to buy that home. Right? So if I can do all that through Alexa, that would be amazing too. Alexa, find me a realtor. Alexa, find me, you know, the documents, the papers. Do you think VR for home search is that close? I've seen some pretty good VR. Yeah. Yeah. And if people are like me and they don't want to leave their couch, it's amazing. Everything I've seen right now that I've seen is so animated looking. Really? Like it doesn't look that real. Oh. You've got some good ones? I've seen some good ones. I also, Matterport is great. It's not perfect, but Matterport is a great tool that you can get a really good feel for houses on. But yeah. Are many people using them right now? No. I, like I said, I think this is like a five-year yeah. progression for us. I think in five years we'll be there, but that's just wishful thinking, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you won't have to leave the couch for anything. You'll just order groceries online. Alexa will gather and bring them to your door, buy a house online. That's going to be great. There, I guess the reason that I think it's a bit farther behind yeah. is I just look at the history of social media and in terms of marketing real estate and Facebook and Instagram. And I think that's the reason we've done really well in the last five years is because not many people understood it or were using it very often. Yeah. And it's kind of just starting to be, it's super competitive now in terms of real estate, but it wasn't like that two or three years ago. Yeah. I feel real estate is... Uh, the real estate sector is really slow to get onto <laughs> technology. There's so much legacy software. There's so much 
old school thinking. There's still people putting signs on buses. There's still people doing billboards. When was the last time you looked at a billboard, pulled your car over and took a screenshot to come? Like, we don't, we don't operate that way anymore. So when I see people still doing those things, I just, I shake my head. I can't even remember the last billboard sign I saw. Can you? That you would call? Yeah, ever. Or can you even remember one? Yeah, can you even remember like what uh, you saw? What was it advertising? Or, I can't or think a of bus? It, no. You know, like when was the last time you saw a realtor on a bus and you're like, damn, I need that marketing. I, I see them all the time. Well, yeah. Because I'm aware of them and, and it, it's it's somewhat comical to me. And me. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, you know, who's going to... And it's illegal to be using your cell phone in your car. So who's going to be like taking <laughs> a picture and trying to call? <laughs> I don't know. It's all interesting. I don't know. I've talked to some agents that do it. And like one of the top guys in, in Fraser Valley um, built a business on bus stops. How long ago? Like he's, I don't know, five years ago. Okay. Well, we've but come a long way. Fairly recent. Their rebuttal is, I want to be everywhere. I'm doing some stuff on social media. I'm doing some stuff on Google. I'm working on SEO with website. I heard this thing when I got into real estate that um, in order for someone to remember your name, they need to see it or branding six times. And so their response is, it's just another time. So that number's actually risen a lot in the last five years. I forget the I exact it. number, but I yeah. think it was more closer to 15 or 16. But <laughs> when you think about marketing <laughs> and what you can do online now, you can hit people in those micro moments. So if somebody is at home looking for tile, you can show up. If somebody's at home looking for gardening, you can show up. Looking for a new home, you can show up. Looking for a realtor, you can show up. You can show up in the micro moments of time that they're actually focused on looking for you. So why do you need to show up on a bus? I would love to know their statistics, actually. I would love to know. I would love to see their funnel metrics and see how many people saw them on the bus and then turn into paid home, either sellers or buyers. I would bet it would be point something. I bet they don't know. Well, well of course not. Um, <laughs> Because they probably, one, didn't track it, but two, it would be so hard to track unless everybody had that questionnaire saying, how did you hear about us? Mm-hmm. But I'm not even sure that would be reliable because who would sit there and think, oh, the first time I thought about you was on a bus. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost go the other way with stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I could be like, really? They're still advertising on that? I'm going to look for someone who knows what technology is. <laughs> Sounds in, inconsiderate, but it's my view. Um, two more things with ads. Yep. Obviously, they're much more competitive. They're growing oh, yeah. in price point. You always think about the balance of like creativity and humor versus like actually providing information. Mm. Any thoughts on reaction from consumers to... Or what types of things you should be focusing on with ads. And let's, obviously, if we're advertising a property in real estate, it's going to be information about property, photos, video, etc. But in terms of like building brand, humor goes a long way. In terms of building brand, humor goes a long way. I wish I could say there was a magic bullet to do this always and not this. There isn't. (laughs) 
weird, right? There's no easy what? button. What are you holding back for me? I know. <laughs> you always have to test because we have spent a lot of time coming up with templates or we've come with amazing slogans that we think are going to just kill it. People are going to love it and nothing happens. And then we've taken five minutes, produced something haphazardly, thrown that online and that's worked perfect. So, I mean, who knows? It's a... That's why we always start with testing. We start with small batch testing. We see what the audience is liking. We find out the seasonality. We find out how salty they're feeling some days, and then we execute. What metrics are you looking at to decide if something is successful or not successful and whether you need to do it again? Right. Especially online, because for me, like likes are not super important. Well, likes mean nothing. And I I don't mean that negatively as as that just came out of my mouth, but I just mean um, they're vanity metrics. So I could go online and I could buy you 50,000 likes. It'd be great. Uh, So what we're looking for is we're looking for engagement. We're looking for somebody who, first of all, engaged with either our website, our app, whatever we're putting out there, but then went as far as contacting us. And then if you contacted us, what was our closing ratio? So what was our Again, if we go back to that funnel, how many people saw us, how many people engaged with us, how many people attempted to communicate with us, and then how many people actually converted. So that's, we pay attention closer to the bottom of the funnel with engagements, conversions. I feel like a lot of people in our industry are just obsessed with uh, likes. But don't you just feel society? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not real estate specific, but... More so your like personal thoughts on, you mentioned stuff about privacy and that you wouldn't have an Alexa in your house because she's always listening or whatever. Do you think, do you think society as a whole is just overly obsessed with social right now? Do you think it's hurting? Do you think it's hurting us? (laughs) Yeah, I I do. I, I believe social media. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I personally believe social media is hurting our society right now. If you go to restaurants, you'll see more people on their phones than talking with each other. Um, Childhood depression is through the roof. Uh, Marital problems are through the roof. And I don't think that's all just uh, the timing of where we are. I think social media has a lot to do with that. You can constantly be connected to people. And also on social media, some of the things I've been learning lately is kids have a fakesta account and an insta account so the fakesta is what they show to their parents and their friends and it's forward facing and then their other account is their actual account where they're posting things Oof, i didn't, didn't think yeah i did not <laughs> Seen know, that. Things. You know that yeah fakesta. yeah hmm. so they're their account that they want everybody to see will have those two thousand five thousand followers and it'll be picture perfect the picture perfect lifestyle and then the hidden one with 20 followers is just their close friends or or maybe a family member but yeah it's really interesting so it's a really weird world if you have to have two outward facing people you know what i mean like when how how does that work later for you and whatever you put online is always going to be online it's, it's not it's not gone so whatever you're putting out there is still going to be found by somebody at some point. Gary V seems to think this is going to make society better. And the reason that he says that mm-hmm. is, we, do you listen to much of him? I do listen to Gary Vee. He's like a he, wise man. Oh, I, he has a lot of very good ideas. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, in terms of uh, 
social media, putting yourself out there, everything being online forever. He said in 30 years from now, our society is going to be much better as a whole because they know that they can't hide anymore. So he, he talks about pre-internet. There's a lot of bad people in the world, but they could hide. Sure. Nothing they did was really public, but now everything is public. You're going to be online forever. He's like that douchebag that bullied kids when they were in high school. In 30 or 40 years from now, their, grandki- their grandkids are going to see that they were an asshole, which potentially could push people into being better human beings because they know that whatever they do is going to be public forever. And I agree with Gary V. Uh, China's doing it right now. So China's doing all the facial recognitions. Anywhere people go in China, they're being watched and graded so that you'll be... It's like social proofing, right? You can't... It's, it's like you said, you can't hide from anything. But I also feel that we're just getting to a point of just such an invasion of privacy. I personally feel privacy is going to be paramount moving forward, which is why I'm trying to remove my digital footprint. I don't want, I'm not doing anything bad. I'm, I'm a mom. I run two businesses. The The craziest thing I do is have a glass of wine on Friday. <laughs> like, that's all you're going to find on me now, but I still don't want people knowing everything about me. I think that's a pretty scary position to get into and think of how that can be used against you we're humans we're all going to have a bad day at some point and if i have a freak out on my son or on my husband or on a friend just because i don't know something happened i don't need that to be public right i don't i don't think we need to get to a spot like that but i i do think it's coming do you think um social businesses platforms have are crossing the line in terms of how they market to people. So how specific you can be with marketing online is kind of crazy. Yep. Like if you search something in your browser for coffee cups, yeah. next day on, on your social, you're going to see ads <laughs> for coffee cups, right? Yeah. Um, I think we all know that we've crossed lines, which is why there's such a pushback now. Mm-hmm. Um, how granular you could get with advertising was horrible. I used to be able to send you an ad specifically if I wanted to reach you. I would be able to send it to your Facebook, say, uh, hey, Danny, it's Nicole, call me. And I think that's wrong. You cannot do that anymore? Uh, I can't personally, maybe there's a, a way around it anymore, but before I used to just take your Facebook ID page and then I would just put filters and I'd be able to message you pretty easily. Mm, not so much anymore. So what is it now? It's more like, obviously they have access to everything. Search what you search for online. Yeah. I. So for me, what else pers- are they looking at? I guess. Well, just think anything is online. Your credit card information is online. Your birthday is online anything you search for is stored for 10 years and that's used against you google keeps track of that 10 years yeah (laughs) so think of how powerful that is you know google trends even if you wanted information about what people are searching for google trends is fascinating to find out what people are looking for it's hard to comprehend even that much information Yeah. yeah Is there any trend towards reducing that? There's a lot of companies right now trying. So Microsoft was launching Project Bali, I think it was called. And they're trying to um, gather your information and get it back to you. So they're trying to help you reduce your, your online digital footprint, which I think is wonderful. 
it would give marketers like myself a lot less power, but I think it's an important step. Do you think there's any way to like, I just feel like social media platforms are so powerful. They are. So first of all, how long is that going to take? And is it actually going to ever really work? I don't know. I hope, but I don't know. I feel like people are too addicted to Instagram to ever be like, that's right. They know too much about me. Yeah. I think some people are definitely addicted. Um, That's why I think it's great that you can look at your phone and you can look at how many times you picked it up in a day, how much screen time you're spending on. I mean, if you're averaging seven hours on your screen, that's your day. It's a long time. Right? But I I would love to know the statistics. And if you look at that, I bet you some people are consumed in that. Yeah. So do you think people need to go out of their way to take breaks? I hope not. I, I, hope, I feel like I hope we haven't come to a spot where you need recess from your phone. Um, well, I, you, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and a lot of people talk about like one day a week they don't use their phone between these hours or like something, or after eight p.m. they put their phone down. Yeah, so I was addicted to my phone. I I'll state that clearly that thing was attached to my hip it slipped by my head and I was one of those people who was just consumed all day every day so now my phone stays in my purse I use it just for that I check emails mostly on my computer now I removed a lot of apps I removed Facebook I want to remove Instagram but I use it for work and just because I think I'd rather pay attention to what's happening. I think we've become so disconnected from reality. We're not having conversations at dinners, at parties. We're checking our phone. So I'd rather be present than on a device. It's, yeah, it's, I don't know. I keep going back and forth because <laughs> I, I use, I'm obviously on my phone all day. But it's also your job, right? So if somebody's pinging you to show house, it's... You're right. and I. I th- we take a lot of pride in like response times mm-hmm. and getting back to people really quickly rather than someone emailing me at nine and me emailing them back tomorrow morning. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just feel like that is where people communicate. People message me through Instagram all the time asking questions about properties or whatever it may be. And now with the podcast, it's a lot of Instagram messaging. I'm almost anxious about taking a day off or... I just feel like I'm going to miss something, but I know it. I'm probably thinking about it more than it would actually hurt or if it would even hurt at all. Real estate would be tricky though, because in a, in a day, how many, how many people contact you for showings or listings? Lots. Yeah. So for your business, that's probably harder, but for other people, I think it's doable, but they have that same problem. You have the FOMO, so much fear of missing out. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to get over. It, it really is. We've become a society that's just obsessed with missing things or not living your best life or, you know, whatever the new quote unquote phrases. What made you take a step back and even delete apps from your phone? Yeah, I, it was my phone when I turned it over and I saw my usage time. I, I was disgusted. It, it's an addiction, so, you know, like it's for me, I feel it's worse than smoking. It's worse than drinking for some people because you're consumed by it. You don't put it down. You're always on that thing. So you're not communicating with your family. You're not paying attention to your children. You'd rather be on your device scrolling through Instagram, watching somebody else's life rather than living your own. That's what I was doing. 
So I decided to flip that and just focus on me. I have no FOMO. I'm I'm old, I'm crusty, I'm gonna miss lots of things. It's all good. Um, and I and I don't need people knowing about my life. In fact, I'd rather you don't know about my life. If I show up, I'd rather us be strangers than you know absolutely everything about me. Interesting. Um, yeah, I didn't really even think about that because I'm almost the opposite in that I want you to know a lot about me. But it's mostly from a business perspective. Anyway, uh, from a consumer, someone who's not super, super knowledgeable, I'm getting much better. Um, seemed like the past things that worked were like email marketing and Google AdWords. And now it's kind of like social media, SEO. What do you think's next? You mentioned voice. Yeah, I think, I think voice will be huge for us. Do you think, do you think the value in Google will remain or do you think it's, I guess it, it's still through Google, just through other platform like voice and Amazon. So are you asking about platforms? Like which platforms yeah. will work going forward? Um, I don't know. I mean, before we had Facebook, you, you, nobody knew what Facebook would have become. So I'm sure there's platforms out there that are ripe and ready to to be introduced to us. Facebook is is big, but it's not big for the younger generations, mm-hmm. right? So they're more on the Snapchat, Instagram. There's there's so many other platforms out there that we're not even engaging with. It's just those are the big ones that most people know about. So, yes, I think platforms will change as audiences change, as demographics change. And then it'll be interesting because if Facebook does change algorithms and if it just does go back to close connections, how will that have an effect on business as well? So where else will you be looking? But for consumers, if you're looking for products, I, I think that Captera and GetApp and software reviews are way better for your business than being on Facebook. If you have information that you want to share as well, I think Quora is way better than posting it on Facebook at times, depending on your platform. So yeah, I would just go back to uh, what's your goal? How are you doing this? What's the process? What's the structure? Where's your audience? This is something that I'm really I I just don't know anything about, but you can set up your page on Instagram specifically as a business or a person. Yeah. What changes? Because I recently switched over to a business. In Instagram? Yeah. And then all your information will flow to your business page. Is there anything that changes in the algorithm of engagement if you're switching over? That's a great question. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. From but now that you asked that, I'm use. going to be researching those. I don't know why I did. One of the guys on our team had set his or had switched over to the business profile, and I think you can see a little bit more like easy analytics through your profile, whereas personal you don't get that stuff. So that was his like on the back end Instagram it. side. Yeah, but I've noticed engagement go down. So once you I'm, switched it. To the business side. Gotcha. So I don't know if it's a different algorithm if you're registered as business or not. I don't know. Um, yeah, I've noticed like likes and shares and comments go down a little bit. 
So I was just curious if you knew if if there was a different. I don't, but now I'll be researching that and texting you later tonight. Being like, hey, this is the answer. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, welcome. <laughs> uh, lastly, I yeah. haven't seen my parents in a while, and they wanted to go for dinner tonight, so I got to go meet them. <laughs> uh, who in your industry do you look up to? Who's doing what you do really well? There's a lot of great people doing what I do really well, but I like to look at people that I know to see how they've done it, what they're doing, how they're doing. So I watch Gary Vee as well. Michelle Romano is somebody who I admire greatly. Um, Kim Kaplan from Plenty of Fish. She was, I think, their, her, their, their third hire. She's amazing in this industry. There's, yeah, there's so many local people that I think are killing it that are great to learn from. Are those people look what was the first person you said before kim uh michelle romano yeah she's she's a dragon she's on dragon's den oh the blonde one <laughs> yes yeah michelle i forgot romano her name was, was michelle yeah she was uh groupon snap on that sold to groupon oh and now okay. she has clear bank with andrew DeSouza, and they've just raised hundreds of millions of dollars i think maybe millions of dollars but yeah they're they're doing extremely well she's on entre- she's entrepreneurial she gets it she's young um andrew too he came from silicon valley so they're they're incredible people too well who i look up to for sure but i'm more so on the tech side so i i get more excited about i don't get excited about celebrities i get excited about ceos who have grown companies who've sold companies who understand how to to do lead generation um how to build a business how to form a team how to have culture those people i like a lot more than the celebrities because i think i have a lot to learn from those people who can do it but there's something to be said about so are you talking like influencer celebrities? I'm just... Or s- celebrities like, to me are people who have sold a company, whether you know it or not. Um, people who have, you know, like Jordan Bosch, he's building seven shifts out of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and he's killing it. And he has a dream and a vision and people are following him. And the guy's brilliant. But not a lot of people get excited for Jordan Bosch, right? Um, but then if I mention somebody like... Kim Kardashian, a lot of people would know that name and a lot of people would be able to relate to that because she's online all the time. Mm-hmm. Very well known. That, sorry, that's what I meant is like yeah. you don't get excited for the influencer type person like Kim Kardashian. <laughs> but that's not just her. Is there specific. any credit to be given <laughs> to the fact that they have built a personal brand so big 100 percent whether you like them or hate them they are there they have done amazing and and not just that kylie jenner there's a lot of debate whether or not she's a self-made millionaire (laughs) but again like her or love her what she built with a seven-person team a billion dollar company Mm. i could learn a lot from kylie jenner yeah, that's another level. Yep. <laughs> One day, Carl. One day the podcast will be there. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Uh, I feel like there's so much more information that you have in your head that I want to be in my head. And we may have to do it again. Done. And then I'll text you tonight when I find the answer to our problem. 
I actually am super curious about that because I've known engagement or I've seen engagement. Just don't answer it when you're sitting and having supper with your family. (laughs) Just be present. Read it when you get home. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I will promise you that. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, I would love to hear your feedback. If you have marketing, social media questions, I don't know them all, but I have a great contact in Nicole. Uh, So look, do you want to share your website? Oh yeah. You can find, um, we have two, so NicolePalmer.com or DigitalMarketingCoursesForRealEstate.com. There you go. Uh, have a great evening, guys. Thanks for listening. Later.